day. It's a glorious day. Um, I do want to share with you. Um, now, there's a lot of stuff going on around about me retiring. I, well, I'm not at the age where I can retire, but it's easier to tell people I'm retiring than I resign. Because when you say I resign, they say, well, why did you resign? What's going on there? How can, and so it's, it's just easier to say I retired. Oh, they get that. Okay? Although I'm way too young to be able to collect my retirement just yet. Way too young. But at some point, it's still there waiting for me when I get there. So I wanted to let you know that we have taken a big step of faith, my family and I, into now, we've always been in the full-time ministry, but this is the only thing we've got going, praise God. And so we, we did that on Friday afternoon, and I mean to tell you the faithfulness of the devil, Saturday morning hell showed up at my house. You know, praise God. But you know what? I kind of had an inkling. So we were kind of sort of prepared. But you know, when spiritual battles come, I don't know if you can really be prepared for them. Now, I'm going to tie that right into where I'm going. I'm going to finish this message off about putting your house in order in 2018. It's so important to do that. Now, we've been talking a lot about the kingdom of God and the world system or humanism and, and the difference between the two and where you're sowing. But because we have spent years and years and years sowing and believing and standing in the kingdom of God, even though we live on this planet, we're, we're um, in the world, but we're not of the world, I knew when the enemy came that we could rebuke him because we are givers, we are tithers, and we have some rights because of that. So the enemy can't stay at my house very long. So you guess get, be prepared because he's getting booted out of my house and you don't want him coming to yours. So where are you at today? So here's what we've been talking about, putting your house in order. We started with, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? It says, seek first the kingdom of God, right? The, the next thing we talked about, what are you thinking? You know, you can think the world's way, and guess what? You'll get the world's way. You can think kingdom, you'll get the kingdom. And then it said, what are you saying? You can tell where people are at by how they talk. You really can all right? What are you saying? And where are your words? Now, what are you sowing? What are you sowing into? And where are you sowing? We talked about that. Then we talked about a prayer. And prayer is going to be another emphasis this year. And probably sometime in February, we're going to start a once a month. Once a month, we're going to start a fasting and prayer. We're going to have a night of, of prayer and worship. And that day, we'll just call a fast. And we'll be fasting once a month. And and, and again, I warned you about that. The minute you say the word fast and you start on a fast, it doesn't take an hour and all of a sudden you're, you're feeling faint and your blood sugar's gone and you're just sure you've got to eat something. But it may not be food. It may be something else. It may be, uh-oh, anybody under 45, get ready to freak out. It may be your electronics. Maybe you fast your phone. Maybe you fast social media. If it was up to me, I would blow social media up. It's nothing, it caused, you know, about electronics. You know, there's something fishy when you got phones that got apples with a bite out of it. <laughs> Should tell you something, huh? Praise God. Anyway, that, I'm not against electronics. I'm not, there's a use and there's a time and a place and I'm not against it. Again, it's like anything else. It's not evil, it's how you use it. Amen? And what about spiritual warfare? I'm telling you, I am believing God is going to do some tremendous supernatural things this year, but there's going to be a spiritual warfare that's going to go with it. And I'm not going to lie to you. 
It would be really easy to say, man, it's going to be a glorious 2018. Everything's going to be great. But that would be only half the truth. Okay? So, this is the last one I wanted to talk about. Next, next slide. What is the foundation of your decisions that you're making? What's the foundation? Where is the foundation that you're making decisions? What is it based on? Is it based on feelings, emotions, thoughts, what you see, what you hear? All right here. Or is it based on kingdom principles? That is going to make a huge difference in what's going to happen with you in 2018. So, let me just start with this. What is your foundation or your decisions built on? Decisions, decisions. What is the foundation you're basing your decisions on? In James chapter 1, in verse 14, it says, But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires enticed. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. Your own desires entice you. You're drawn away by your own desires. Do you know that God has given us a will? And I have some desires. And it's okay to have desires. The problem is, is we start desiring the things instead of Him. We desire Him and the things will come. But so many times we desire the things hoping that He'll come with that. And then we get into the wrong system. Because when it's my desires instead of His desires... I can get myself in a lot of trouble in a hurry because I can do some things based on, because a lot of people make their decisions based on what, this is what I feel, this is what I think, this is what I want. And guess what? You can have what you think, what you want. You can have those things, but if you attain them, you've got to maintain them. I mean, you know, you've all bought, you've all bought vehicles. Who maintains those? The dealership doesn't say, hey, every month, bring it down here. I'm going to maintain it. No, you bought it. It's yours. You are responsible. Here, he's responsible for the maintenance. He is responsible for taking care of. Why can I faithfully and honestly step out into this and with faith, knowing that, you know what? He is responsible for what he has called me to do. He is faithful to give me and equip me to do that. What happens, and let me tell you, and I'm just going to use myself as an example. Fear lives over here. And I'll tell you what, we, we stepped out once before, and we got hammered. But it wasn't God's doing. It, man did that to us. And so, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, Boy, you, you better stay here where, where you know it's safe because you know it's, it's safe here, it's safe here, but it's really not safe here. You better have your treasure right here. This is where you better be sowing because when the enemy comes to your house, there's nothing here that you can withdraw that will defeat him. And I'm going to give you an example of that. I am not, I'm going to tell you right now, I am not against psychiatrists and I am not against psychologists. I'm not. I'm not against medication if you need to take it for some things. But let me give you a little story about these two things. All right? Richie, talked to him the other day. Okay? He's got a friend of his. They got messing around with a Ouija board. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. Right? It's just a parlor game. Wrong. Now, this is not a saved individual. This unsaved individual calls a young man that attends his church, his son, and says, man, I am really scared. Because 
I was messing with this thing, and all of a sudden there's something now that's messing with me. It's a spiritual thing. So Richie, being the wise Christian kid he is, he says, man, you need to pray and you need to draw near to Christ. And I was talking to Richie. I said, Richie, you've got to tell him he's got to renounce those things. He's got to confess the blood of Jesus over his life. He's got to come to Jesus. He's got to get those things straight, and this thing will leave him. His friend's response is, well, I don't know about that. I'm going to go see a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I'm saying that is great. Psychologists, psychiatrists can do some things. They cannot fix a spiritual problem, my folks. You cannot. When you have a spiritual problem, you cannot be in this system and fix a spiritual problem if you're here. You have to be here to get the spiritual fix, problem fixed. But what we do is we have all kinds of resources here. There is, not enough, there is not enough money on this planet that will fix a spiritual problem. It can't. This is a spiritual fix. This is where this has to happen. What does that have to do with, with each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires? Our own desires are our own thoughts, our own way, our own will, our own things. And once we're there, guess what? Only thing that we have now is this system to help us. But what we really need is this system to help, help us. We need to be in that place. So you're tempted when you're drawn away by your own desires and you are enticed. Now, you're not going to like this, but I'm going to read it anyway. But then in verse 15, then when your desire has conceived... It gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, brings death and destruction. Now listen, I'm not here to judge anybody to condemnation. I can't do it. That's not my job. And guess what? In the days that are coming, and one of the reasons we've got to get our spiritual houses in order, and we've got to get things in order, is because when people start coming by the droves, they're going to be messed up. And let me warn you, okay, church, guess who's coming through the doors? Sinners. Uh-huh. And they're going to mess up your church. But I want you to think about that for a minute. Who do you expect to come through the door? What do you expect to walk through the door? They're not going to be all polished up and shinied up and know when to raise their hands and not raise their hands and sit down and pray in tongues. or what. They're not going to know any of that stuff. Guess what? Big deal. Okay? But that's what's coming. Do you know how ridiculous that sounds? That is ridiculous as a doctor standing in the emergency room and you come in the emergency room needing an emergency and say, what are you doing here? Get yourself fixed up and then come to the doctor. But then let me ask you this. How many of you ever gone to a doctor and the doctor says this, 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 and I'm going to prescribe this, and I'll go home and take this, and we'll get you well? And you've walked out and you've taken it and said, I'm not listening to that stupid doctor. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Forget him. That's only your pastor that you tell that to. Or anybody that's speaking spiritually in your life. You, got, you get to decide. You get to decide. What, what are you going to... You know, when, what is your desire, his desire? Well, I don't know what his desire is. Read your Bible. That will tell you what your desire is, what his desire is. And so we need to try to walk within that. And I'll get to some more of that. When our desire is fulfilled, sin comes. See, many people choose to, to stick this kind of stuff 
in the, the dirty room. Anybody got a dirty room in your house? You know, some guests are coming over. The house is spotless, except there's that room. <laughs> that is off limits. It's got a sign that says, no trespassing. You stay right out of that one. And that's what a lot of people, even godly believing people, they've got this area. I, I'm not going to let go of this. I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep this closet, and I'm going to keep stuff that I'm going to hide it. You know how foolish that sounds. You can't hide anything from God. Sorry. You can hide a lot of stuff from me, but you can't hide it from God. And look what it says in verse 16: Do not be deceived. There is no. You can't mock God. We talked about it. You, you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap destruction. You can't mock God. It's the way he set it up. And so we're talking about what are you basing your decisions on? Are you basing your decisions on your emotions, what you see, what you think, what you feel? I submit to you that if, if we all do that, none of us are going to wind up here. Because I'll tell you what, you can get so worldly system-minded, humanistic-minded, that there is absolute fear of stepping outside of anything of that. You know, where's your next paycheck coming from? It better be, you know what, I'm trusting God to open the door for whatever. You know, if you've got a solid job, praise God. Praise God for it. Remember, the Israelites, they came out of Egypt, they were praising God. All of a sudden, tough times happened. Whoa, whoa, let me go back. Let me go back. At least we can leak, eat. You know, eat leeks and onions. Your breath was terrible, but you could at least eat. Yeah, don't go back, folks. I, you know, and, and this is, and, and I'm going to just be really honest. This is one of the scary things for us. We made this step. I ain't no going back. God's burned the bridge. God burned the bridge. And I'm like, okay, God. There's no, there's no safety net, man. I'm doing the circles and the trapeze artists with no net now. But praise God, because I know that as we step in the kingdom, God is there. I am not any longer. We've always relied on God, but we're really relying on God now. As many of you do. If you own a business, my God in heaven, I pray for you. Because I know that you have to trust God. Because you have to deal with people. And people are not the most stable critters on the planet these days. You know? I mean, you can count on a cockroach. A cockroach is a cockroach. All the time a cockroach is a cockroach. People aren't always like that. It may be something one day and something else the next. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, it is hard to beat down those five senses. So, so in Galatians 5, verse 9, it says, a little leaven leavens a whole lump. So just a little bit. Well, I can dabble in this just a little bit. I can just, just one time with this Ouija board, it's okay. It's just a parlor game. And I had somebody tell me, that. oh, that's, it's just a silly parlor game. Oh, you have no idea what you're saying. It's a very spiritual thing. Okay. It's a supernatural. You're getting into the spiritual supernatural realm now. Yeah. Right. Right. The voice is telling him kill himself. He never had this problem before. Right. Right. So, so it's dangerous stuff. 
You've opened the door, okay? It just all of a sudden, I, that just doesn't come upon you. I'm going to tell you, that spirit is not of God. It's not. But see, it's the little things. It's the, it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things. It's, I can handle this. It's just a little bit. It's okay. I can deal with it. It's just a little bit. I can do it because I'm so spiritually strong. Let me tell you something. When I got born again, I got born again coming right out of college. It was about five or six years before I could step on a college campus again. Why? Because I was not spiritually strong enough to handle and stay away from the things that I was involved in when I was in college. So I could say, well, I'm a Christian now, so I can dabble with this. Oh, no, you cannot. If you get delivered from drugs, for God's sakes, don't go back to the same corner that you were at when you, got, when you were hooked on them. I'm strong enough now. No, you are not. Be wise. But see, it's the little things. It's that, it's that well, you know, it's, well, maybe it's a sin, maybe it's not a sin. I don't know. Well, well I'll just doubt. God will forgive me for it. You know what? If you have sowed here, you are going to reap here. I can, no way, I can sow here and reap over here. You cannot. It goes against what God said. You will sow what you reap. You sow to the flesh, it's destruction. Sow into the spirit, yeah. Sure. Yeah. It would not burn. You got to decide. You get to decide. And that's the thing. God gave us a will. Why? I don't know. Because if I was God, you wouldn't have a choice. You will serve me <laughs> or not. Crispy critter. That's why I am not God. There is a reason I pastor in the Eastern Upper Peninsula, in the wilderness. <laughs> because sometimes I shake my head and say, God, why? Why? Why did you even give us a will? You know, you think about that. Uh, but, you know, think about having children. God's, it's funny, because God gave us children so that God, so we could understand how God feels about us, you know? Create something of your own kind that denies your existence. <laughs> so, what are we building on? We need to build on a good foundation. Psalms 119 in verse 9. It says, how can a young man, and we're all young here, cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. I don't know how many times, you know, I've, I've asked, you know, God, God, why did you write it that way? He said, because I did. <laughs> what, what, you mean there's no arguing? You mean I can't change it? You know, you know, God, I think that this would have been a better idea if you'd have done it this way. You know, that whole long-suffering sentence in the Bible, you could have taken that out, I'd be good with that. That whole patience thing, get rid of that. We don't need that. But again, God never asked me about my advice about the Bible. And he's, I know that he's not asking yours. So you can try to rationalize all you want about what you think should be done. You can't do it with the Word of God. You better build your foundation on this thing, right? And it says in verse 10, With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. 
Let me not wander from your commandments. Let me not wander from your ways. Let me not wander from your word. Now, I want to tell you something. When you get born again, you don't automatically know all this word, but the Holy Spirit moves in, and he can teach you right from wrong pretty quick. You know, okay? And so here's my advice to you. Do what you know, and God will expand. And as the thing of it is, is the more knowledge you have, the more accountable you are for what you know. So, you know, when I first got born again, there were some things that fell away right away. Easy. But then there were some things that people would come up to me and say, Brother, you know, maybe you want to take a look at that. That maybe isn't the best thing to be doing. Maybe there's a better way to doing that. Show me some things in the Bible, and I'd say, okay, great. Let me do that, because my thing is I want to do everything God wanted me to do. There's just some things I did not know yet. And we're not going to judge somebody because they don't know something. We're going to disciple them and help them along. You know, there are some things that I'll never forget. I got born again. I was on fire for God. You know, I was that crazy... Yeah, and I wanted, I, let me think about that for a second. I was one of those, what, what are they, I was a, a zealot for Christ. You know, I got born again and I was one of those, but what does that really mean? If you're born again, you should be a zealot for Christ. I don't know if there's a degree. You know, you're born again, man, you're, you should be excited about Christ. But, you, call, you know, but I was one of those that I remember, you know, I was excited about Christ and everybody I thought needed to know Christ because of what I knew. And so I had a friend of mine, man, and I spent three hours in his house and I wasn't leaving until he accepted Christ. And he did after three hours. I mean, his eyes are glazed over, jewels running down his face. Please, my God, yes. I accept Jesus my Lord and Savior. Will you go home now? And I did, and I said, man, I'm so excited, I'll pick you up the next day for church. And I'd go zooming up to his driveway at about 8.45, said, man, I'm banging on his door. Hey, I'm here, let's go to church. And I see his little blinds open up in an eye. And he won't open his door. The crazy man's in my driveway, you know. Later on, I did lead him to the Lord, but I was just so excited. Because, again, but you can't wander from his commandments and expect God's blessings on it. You know how many people are in error? They're over here saying, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this and God doesn't work because I, I said a prayer once and it doesn't work. You got no seed in the kingdom. You're not in the kingdom. You don't get anything from the kingdom. That's not my words. That's just the way the Bible is. Not trying to be harsh today. Trying to help. So what are we building on? In Matthew 7, it says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And we know that rock is the foundation, is the word of God, Jesus Christ, Savior, and, and the word of God. And listen, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew, and it beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. What are your decisions based on? Are they based on the foundation of this word and this rock? Because look what it says. The wind came, the storms came, Guess what's going to happen, folks? I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I'm a man of God. I'm a Christian. I'm a born-again believer. Greater is he that is in me that's in the world. Saturday morning, hell showed up to my house. The storm came. And thank goodness if I have seed and I'm standing here because now I can rebuke that thing and it has to go. Over here, what happens is you're just trying to, you're taking swings at it. You're fighting, but you're not winning. 
And then, but everyone who hears these saying mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And that same storm comes and it fell. And this is what it says. And great was its fall. So what are we building on? Are you going to live on what you're building? Now, you know, I, I will say I work construction. I won't say I was a carpenter. Okay? I can nail two boards together. Somebody else had to put the foundation in. But if that foundation isn't right, nothing else is going to be right. Now, framers can fudge things that the foundation is wrong. But let me tell you who goes crazy. The finishers. The guys that got to finish things, I got to make two joints together and, you know, 14 pounds of mud later and to make things right. So, what is your foundation being built on? What are the decisions you're making? What foundation is it that your decisions are being made on? This or that? One, you make decisions based on this foundation. God has your back. You build your foundation on this, you have to have your own back. Pretty quiet in this charismatic church today, but that's okay. Thank you very much. That's all I needed. Uh, and amen to a preacher is like spinach to Popeye. So here, here we go in Hebrews 12. So here's, the, here's really the deciding factor. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded, Hebrews 12.1, by so great cloud of witnesses, listen to this, let us, lay aside every weight and sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Who does the Bible say has to lay it aside? Us. Do you know how many people are walking down the street saying, well, if God wants it, he'll just take it. Wrongo! You have to lay it aside. There's got to be something in you that says, I do not want this anymore. Take it from me. I cast my cares upon you. But as long as you want to hang on to it, he'll say, it's yours. You deal with it. Well, God's not fixing me. What are you hanging on to? Lay it aside. And I'm going to use one that's really easy because I fight with this too, anger. You've got to lay that aside. You know how hard that is? Especially when, you know, the blood rushes to your head and you get all warm and you break into a sweat and your teeth clench. And... I'm going to lay it aside. I'm going to lay it aside. Let me go over here and lay it aside where there's nobody at. I'm being real with you. We've got to lay those things. And let me tell you something else. Laying aside your sin and laying these things aside is a dogfight. It is a fight because your flesh wants to hang on that because I've got every right to be angry. But when you're angry, something's going to manifest from that side of the room, not from here. What are we building our foundation on? What are we making our decisions based on? If you're making your decisions, oh, um, let's just take money. If you're making your decisions based on what the stock market says, who are you in trouble? Do you know that I know people 
They don't watch sports. They don't watch anything. They watch the financial report on TV. That little ticker comes across. The, down's up. the Dow is up. The Dow is down. I don't even know who Dow is. All I know is, and I, I know a guy that does this. I mean, man, the Dow's up 10 points. She's like, woo hoo Man, I just got $3,000. The Dow is down. Oh, my God, I just lost $10,000. The world is coming to an end. You, your life is driven by a little ticker coming across the screen. Yay! Oh, yay! Oh, what a way to live. Think that through for a minute. I'm over here. doesn't matter what the stock market does. doesn't even matter what my finances look like. God, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. It don't look good, God. God, it don't look good. The tickers, the Dow is down, God. Do you see that? In his kingdom, there is no Dow. There's God. It's not the D-O-W, it's the G-O-D. And he's never up or down. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. So we can depend on him if our decisions are based on this foundation. Now, I'm not against the stock market, you know, this, that, the other, you know, whatever. You know, but I've known people that got into e-trading and, man, they quit their jobs because I'm going to e-trade. And they sit there, I mean, they hit a button 15 seconds too late, they've lost $5,000. I'm sorry, you can gamble with your money if you want to. I'll just sow it into here because I know this deposit's safe. And I'll get a reward because he says, given it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Looking unto Jesus in verse 2 of Hebrews 12, the author and the finisher of our faith. What he started, he'll finish if you'll let him. Don't sabotage it. Don't take a sidetrack. Stay where you're supposed to be. Some of you aren't going to like this, but you're going to have to give him access to the closet. That closet. You, you, know, you know the one. Man, your house looks... I, listen, I don't know, but everybody's got one. You know? We've moved... I, oh man, my wife's not here, praise God. Praise God. Praise God, she's not here, so I can say what I'm getting ready to say. We moved... We moved from Cedarville, Michigan to Sandusky, Michigan. We moved three times in Sandusky. We moved from Sandusky to Brimley, Brimley to Cedarville. And I've got boxes that we boxed up when we were in Cedarville that are still in a box today. In a room. That I probably don't need anymore. I mean, this has been 20 years. If there's anything in there that was wearable, I'm sure it's, well, it's probably going to come back into style by now. It's gone out and come back. But the point, the point is, is, what are you building on? What are you building on? What are we making our decisions based upon what? If we make them based upon the five-year five senses, every time they're going to let you down. Why? Because your five senses don't, will do anything and everything to get away from pressure, to get away from pain, to get away from everything that's owie. But let me tell you something. You might be able to make decisions to get away from it, but something else is going to come along. Over here, I'm going to face it and say, God, you're going to have to face it and deal with it because I can't. Do you know how many people, I've always said this, the devil pushes, God leads 
Shut up electronics. When you feel pushed, and you'll and, and if you're if you're Christian at all, you'll know the difference between God nudging you. Some of us God needs to kick kick us in the pants, but you'll know the difference between a nudge, a leading nudge, and being pushed. Because what happens when you get under pressure and you're getting pushed and you make okay, I can't take this anymore, I'm gonna make a decision, you can bet the enemy's gonna hammer you. Yep, chaos ensue. Even though we know we make a godly decision and we step forward for God and we know the enemy comes against us. That is very different sense than the other. One is a righteous fight and one is just chaos. Amen? So again, what are you basing your decisions on? It has to be this word. It's got to be, well, I don't know everything. Well, just get in the word and find out. He'll reveal it to you. If you don't know, ask somebody that maybe does. They'll help you. Hey, I've got, I've got this situation. You'll give me some godly wisdom. I'll pray for you, and, and I'll give you whatever I feel the Bible's saying, but then you've got to make the decision because you're going to have to step and walk this thing out. Amen? Praise God. All right. Well, hey, I'm done. Yes, go ahead. 